it's time to hit in the shop with Steve, Kurt, Brian, and Dan. I've been driving all night, my hands wet on the wheel. In the shop, your source for the latest information and advice on maintaining and repairing your vehicle on KGMI Newstock 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham, and KGMI.com. KGMI and the Cascade Radio Group receive financial compensation to present this program in its entirety. Opinions and information expressed are those of the host and or sponsors and do not necessarily reflect those of KGMI or the Cascade Radio Group. Well, good morning and happy new year. You are in the shop. This is Brian from Dr. John's Auto Clinic, Dan from Bellingham Automotive. Yeah, welcome back. Welcome back. We are taking your calls, 360-676-KGMI. That's 676-5464. As usual, we'd rather talk to you, our listeners. Any car-related problems, issues you had in the snow and in the cold? Yeah, yeah, I, I had a few. <laughs> car plans for the new year. Um, some exciting news from the uh, the Auto Guys and uh, KSM, the Brad and John show from, yeah. uh, from this week. And a number of other things on the show, some bad habits you might want to make a New Year's resolution not to do when it comes to your car. Right. (laughs) Cars you want to avoid. Yeah. And a number of things going on. So you mentioned before the show you're uh, you're you you were out of town for part of the holidays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I somehow escaped right before you guys got all the snow. (laughs) I ended up in a little different climate. We were in Hawaii, but. don't be worried. I made it home in time for the ice storm. We, we got home Thursday night and uh, got to drive home in the middle of the night during that mess. And uh, Yeah, it got nasty for a while. There. Did you guys open up on Friday? Uh, on on Friday, Friday of the ice storm? We were open on Friday. Um, we you know, we had so many cars there and so much work that yeah. week through the snow. Um, we had the majority of our appointments had ended up canceling. Uh, right. But then we had breakdowns, tow-ins, and... Yeah. And so much work that was already there, it was actually a good opportunity to get caught up. Yeah, we found we could work on the stuff that was already in the shop. But uh, that Friday, as it was raining and freezing to the cars, the three-quarters of an inch of ice, I just figured it was going to break handles. So yeah. we stuck with what was warm and dry in the shop and kind of... Yeah, there were a cu- couple of days I had to go. We had to go pick up parts because the uh, parts yeah. stores were having problems getting around and yeah. getting employees to work. Exactly. Yeah. Different world we live in. Remember when you were a kid? I don't remember this much ice. Oh, yeah. But back then when I was a little kid, I wouldn't remember this much ice. That would have been fun. I, I remember driving around Bellingham in the snow 20 years ago, and, and when it got bad, um, you every third car you passed would have chains on, cable chains. But but people would chain up, and, and life would go on. These days, it's uh, you know Armageddon. It is. <laughs> Snowpalooza. Well, see, see, I missed that part. I yeah. didn't get to see you guys all chain up and stuff. People were tougher back then. <laughs> they were. <laughs> Well, hey, we got a couple calls before we get into all the show. We've got uh, Brad on the line. Good morning, Brad. Well, I think you got it wrong. This is Fred calling. Well, Fred. Oh, Fred. Good morning. Good morning. Happy New Year. Hey, you know, I I want to say goodbye to see you again to Steve, and I meant to bring this up last week, and I did not do it. But I've got a uh, Chevy Impala, and uh, and and a turn signals on it. Doesn't where it's kind of been going on and off, but now it's on all the time. It buzzes. So I have no turn signals on the left or the right, and I get this buzzing sound. And I don't know if this is something I can handle or if it's, if, you know, uh, how involved it might be. But, uh, yeah, maybe you can give me a little help on that. 
you know, the, probably three, four thousand dollars, we could get that taken care of for you on Monday. In other words, a different car. <laughs> you know that uh, it could be a few different things. In a best case world, with what you're talking about, you've just got a bad flasher, right? And uh, sometimes, like locating your flasher is uh, is the hardest part about it. But uh, I. To start with, we would be turning that thing on, listening for the buzz, um, move by Braille. Following it. Yep. Until you find that buzz. Unplug that flasher, pop a new one in there, and see if there's any change. Well, thank you, thank you. I do remember years ago, those flashers, they were always right there by the steering column and the dash. They were kind of large and easy to find. And uh, No, that, uh, it's a game now with automotive engineers yeah, on where to hide the flasher. Break your arm three times and you should be able to reach it. Oh, thank you. Well, hey, thank you very much. I, I know what you're getting on it now. I just, I just, you know, all these cars and all these electronic stuff they've got on them. It just, uh, it's like looking at a Christmas tree when you, you know, it's just all these uh, sensor units, et cetera. But, well, listen, happy New Year, and thank you again for your show, and and goodbye, Steve. And I, I know he's going to come back occasionally. And we'll, dra- we'll drag him about, down here. We'll drag him down here. Host. We'll put him put him back on the show. Okay, thank you, guys. <laughs> All right, thank, thank you, you Fred. Bye-bye. You know, on the, the, the flashers like that, cars get more and more complex and electronics and, and network communications for things to work. Um, yeah. And by the way, Fred, that could be a turn signal switch in there, yeah. too. Um, sometimes they get some corrosion in there, get poor conductivity and not enough current flows to make the flasher flash. So it starts to flash, and then it gives up, and, and it does that several times a second, causing the bugs buzz. But... We had a we had a car in recently. It was the four way flashers were stuck on, mm. and and it, you know in the past it's like oh the Subaru? the switch the, the switch is stuck on you know the, oh this is going to be straightforward, and and on this vehicle um, a Toyota the the flasher switch connects to the instrument cluster which then the instrument cluster controls the four way flashers, and, which is a little bit odd. And we're like okay it's going to have a bad switch. We go through the testing. We get all done. No, it looks like the cluster. We go do more testing. And it turns out a mouse, and there's no smell in the car. Usually you get mouse smell. A mouse had climbed up on top of the cluster and uh, relieved itself maybe a few times, which dribbled down into the electrical connector and onto the circuit board, which caused a short on a couple pins on the circuit board to cause the four-way flashers to stay on. I myself have never heard of a mouse in a car. And ever. (laughs) Ever. Ever. I think it's... And they and it is that they're they're very uh, creative creatures. They find new ways to cause different problems. Yes, exactly. I uh, yesterday we were on with Brad and John, and uh, they were talking about. I didn't read the article, but they were talking about a guy with a rabbit under his hood. So I'm going to have to look this thing up on a break because I didn't hear anything about it. Interesting. I, I that would be a new one for me. I've seen mice, rats, squirrels. What have you seen? You know, the squirrels are destructive. They are. Those those little guys can chew. I've and, said it. And, 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 and so we've gotten pretty good identifying the creature that was in there by the size of the chew marks. Yeah. You I've know, s- from the field mouse to the mouse to the small rat to the big, big rat. <laughs> and, and then there's the squirrel. Yep. And the squirrel's the king. And what people don't understand, those things ride in with them. <laughs> they ride into the shop with them. How many times have you had one come out? It, yeah, escape time. Escape. It's the escape. Yes. We've got another caller on the line. We've got Ken. Good morning, Ken. Hey, good morning. Um, yeah, back to some kind of basics of automotives. Um, I don't know if I'm wishful thinking or not on this one, but 
You know what? Every time I, in the spring, going back to last spring, I was trying to head down to the Columbia with my boat in tow, my 18-footer behind my pickup with my uh, three or three, um, 464 V8 in it. And, uh, Anyhow, it seems like it'll never do it until I get down to about almost to Olympia, and then it'll start just like losing power. It'll start just, and everything's been running so good. And then, and you know what? I kind of, I, I had some watery fuel, and I kept rethinking that that I was getting a reoccurrence of getting some, and I drained, and I kept looking for fill. There are no filters between that tank and the carburetor. There isn't a filter, is there? Really, honestly, a filter between the tank and the so carburetor. This is this an old carbureted four sixty? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an old seventy nine four, but it runs great. A great running old vehicle, but well, but. I, but there's at least one fuel filter. Well, there's a fuel sock in the fuel tank, the little pickup screen, which it's a it's a pretty large mesh filter. Some, like there's one screwed in the side of the carburetor, right where the line comes in. Bingo. You know, I I keep busting it loose there, and I really don't. And I had that carburetor off not long ago, and uh, gosh, I just I can't find. But you know what I think? You know what I honestly think was going on? And tell me if you think this is a possibility. I think it was a good old fashioned plugged up air cleaner. Because, um, you know, I took that thing off. It, could an air cleaner do that on the freeway? Would it just start losing power? If Boy, it's going to have it's going to have to be pretty, pretty plugged. plugged. And, and, and you'd be you know, and once it's up, you'll, you'll be that thing. And on a carbureted vehicle, a plugged air filter will make that car run rich. You'll start billowing black smoke and having all kinds of issues. Um, oh, so I, oh, I know what a diesel. I know what a plugged up air filter does on a diesel. Yeah. I've seen that. I'd, I'd be I'd be looking time. at a, a fuel supply problem, and and likely ah, you're going to be looking at a, at a filter, a plug pickup screen in the tank is a good possibility on an old truck like that. You know that like tank that. was out not that long ago. That tank was actually out of the vehicle and um, and uh, repaired a leak in it, or and then we put it back in. And we never did get the gauge working out of that whole thing. Was what bummed me out about that one yeah. is we never. But anyhow, hey. so you really don't think that my theory could be right that it's air cleaning. I almost thought I got it wet sort of like in dry in pollen maybe. It looks like almost like pollen had plugged it up. I don't know. Well, it, I'd put a new did. one I in mean, either way. Was only, what was weird was it was only about a year old filter. It's not something that had really been neglected. But uh, I don't know. I was down yeah. in that. There was a lot of pollen down around. I don't know. Between fog and pollen. And I don't know. I don't know. It's just it, But looking back through it, I could not see any light when I shook that thing off. And, so I just, and uh, I, I haven't gotten to test it now. It'll be a drum roll, please, when I yeah. hit the freeway and head down right. again and see if it's going to do it again or not. But I've done everything I can think of, basically. Hey, Ken, what I would do, the air filter in that truck is probably <laughs> about... 10 bucks, I'd throw one in. But while you're at the store getting your air filter, I would ask them to show you what the fuel filter looks like. And so they yeah, can pull it, they can set it down, they can set it down in front of you, and you can see if it's the kind that goes in a carburetor or is in line somewhere that you're not seeing it. Yeah, usually on, on those, I'd, ex- I'd expect there to be a couple of them. But, but that sounds like a, a fuel problem, especially after being not on the freeway for a while. Fuel. I know air sounds. It's always wishful. When has the air cleaner ever really been the problem? <laughs> Never really. That's but right. anyhow, yeah, I know the. I know exactly the parts guys in town who I'm going to go talk. I will go have a heart to heart talk with. There a good you go. Man about this. All right. Okay. S- All sounds right. good. Thanks sounds for good. the call, Ken. Right. You got okay. it. Okay, bye. Thanks. Thanks.
You know, the the last time I saw an air filter cause a problem, it had to do with a mouse. The last (laughs) two times I saw the air filter being the source of the problem, it was the mouse. The first one, it chewed through the air filter and stashed all the debris in the (laughs) throttle body, which held the throttle open. Oh, yes. And the, the other one is uh, it, it decided the air filter needed some extra filtration with dog food and filled it from the air filter to the end of the snorkel at the front of the car. With There was probably, uh, I don't know, two gallons of through three gallons of dog food packed into the intake. Well, you know me, I don't work in the back shop ever, but the only time I look at air filters is when there's a mouse. Yeah. The guys come running, oh, you got to see this. Yeah, my, my, my Google Photos is loaded with... Yeah, <laughs> with pictures like that. All right, 360-676-KGMI. You are in the shop with Brian from Dr. John's Auto Clinic, Dan from Bellingham Automotive, and we'll be right back. Lindale Glass is your premier window and door company in Whatcom and Skagit County. With over 35 years of professional installation experience, you can rely on the dedicated employees at Lindale Glass to provide an exceptional install. Lindale Glass features Milgard windows and doors, leading the industry with innovative, high-quality products. You can be assured of a product that is customized for your home. No shortcuts, no gimmicks, just excellent service and exceptional quality from Milgard. Visit a Lindale showroom to learn more or online at lindaleglass.com. The winter savings continue at Linden Sheet Metal. The holidays are over, but it's not too late to buy a gift for your home and save money while doing it. Linden Sheet Metal has furnace, air conditioner, and heat pump discounts up to $900. Utility rebates up to $1,500. And beginning January 1, there are tax credits up to $2,000 off. And it doesn't end there. Showroom fireplace models are discounted 40%, and new fireplaces are $300 off installation. The benefits of a new energy-efficient fireplace, heating, or cooling system will help you save on future energy bills and can increase the value of your home. Call Linden Sheet Metal today to schedule a free estimate. Our consultants will come out and find the best solution for your home. We also offer easy financing with low monthly payments. Now is a great time to upgrade your home. Linden Sheet Metal, serving the Northwest for over 80 years. Wilson's Furniture's winter sale is going on now. Your chance to save store-wide on living, dining, bedroom furniture and mattresses at the best prices of the year. Stop at Wilson's Furniture today. It's Wilson's Furniture's annual winter sale going on now. Wilson's on Pacific Highway in Ferndale. Victor deployed for the first time to Afghanistan in 2003. He sustained a moderate traumatic brain injury. One of the most important elements of caregiving is taking care of yourself. For many military veteran caregivers, their caregiving journey starts earlier in life and lasts longer. Visit aarp.org caregiving for a free military veteran's guide to navigate your caregiving journey and better care for your loved one and yourself. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Sign up for the CHS Northwest Propane Autofill Program and receive a cellular tank monitor with no monitoring fees. Plus, you'll be able to review your daily tank level readings from your smartphone or tablet. CHS Northwest, everything you need for home and farm. Online at chsnw.com. KGMI Connects with Joe Tian is about our community and you. I and a lot of other people would like to see Biden rot in hell. Oh, okay. You know what? He gave away our biggest bargaining chip. Each weekday at 4 p.m. You know, I kind of agree that if Griner was a white sheetrock hanger from uh, Cleveland, Ohio, and I think it did the same thing, yeah, he'd probably still be there. That's just the way the world turns. On KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM, and KGMI.com. 
The opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of KGMI or the Cascade Radio Group. Welcome back. You are in the shop. This is Brian from Dr. John's Auto Clinic, Dan from Bellingham Automotive. Little shout out to Kirk at Angler Automotive. Yeah. Spending some time with his kids this morning. <laughs> Give us a call, 360-676-KGMI. That's 676-5464. Looks like we've got Mark on the line. How are you, Mark? Good. Good. What can we do for you? Uh, yeah, my son has a 2007 Honda Civic with a little 1.8 liter, and the other day his car wouldn't start, so first thing I thought was the starter. So I went and pulled the starter out, went to O'Reilly's, got a new one, put it in, then it still wouldn't start. So then I was kind of YouTubing some stuff, and I checked, like, the starter relay, put a new one of those in, I, the uh, neutral safety switch, put a new one of those in. Still wouldn't start. So then when I took my old starter, I took it back to O'Reilly's to have them check it, and they said it checked out fine. So the new starter wouldn't work. The old starter, which they say was fine, wouldn't work. So I finally took it to a mechanic, and he went and got a starter directly from Honda. Mm-hmm. And now it's fine. Now, now it starts. I was just curious. Have you ever – I mean, I've heard sometimes you get a, a new starter, and it's a bad one. Now, are those starters from O'Reilly's or any of these stores, are they just subpar from factory starters? I, I, I want to temper my answer a little yeah, bit. exactly. <laughs> we, we, we have a number of different vendors we can buy starters from. And, uh, and, and we buy a lot of parts from O'Reilly's. Mm-hmm. And, and they sell a lot of the identical parts that, that Napa sells and, and our other parts suppliers. And then they have different product lines with starters. They have probably without a doubt the cheapest um, starters with a lifetime warranty in, right. in town. Um, we don't normally install their rotating electrical starters and alternators. They have a great warranty. You can take your bad one in. They'll swap yep. it out, and they'll do that 100 times if you want. Mm-hmm. Um, almost no questions asked. As for that vehicle, I, a bad starter out of the box, eh, happens, but not very often, um, especially just nothing happening with it. They're pretty easy to bench test and see if they spin. Um, mm. I, and there are, I believe there's technical service bulletin on that Honda Civic for problems with the ignition, ignition switch. switch. <laughs> <laughs> Chomping at the bit we're, to say that. We're, we're both say, <laughs> sitting here wanting to say the same thing, yep. and so we stole each other's thunder. Um, you can Google that and see it. The ignition switch mounts on the steering column on the back of the lock cylinder, which most people would call the ignition switch, but the electrical portion screws onto the back of it. They have a problem with the contacts in them wearing out, um, and uh, and they'll cause low voltage to the start wire on the solenoid for the starter. Um, and a lot of times well, it'll be an intermittent issue. And sometimes when I took it to the mechanic. He he checked the voltage going to the solenoid. Yep, and one minute it'll be one minute it'll be perfect, and the next mm-hmm. minute when it won't start, it will be low or non-existent. Okay, so so that generally they're they're not a I broke and I'll never work again. They're I broke and I don't want to work work right now, but once you get your meter hooked up to me, I'm going to work just fine. Um, but isn't it kind of weird that the this Honda starter seemed to no problem. 
the yeah, other two stars, I, I, which I they mean, claim were good. Likely coincidental. <clears throat> likely coincidental. Um, but or, I'm not going to diss it. it. Yeah, and I'm not going to say that a O'Reilly starter wasn't bad. I mean, that's that that's still right. a possibility. But like Brian's saying, don't. I wouldn't be a hundred percent shocked if you call back. That that okay. they're that they're they're still an existing <laughs> issue there. Yeah. Um, and. And so I yeah, would. That I would probably be the only other place to look. Would be the the switch. Yeah, it, yeah we, I, I would. I would say that that when we look at, at what we've had to replace for for a Honda Civic that won't crank, that the majority of the time it's the starter, but the number two item on that list is going to be the ignition switch. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And it's it's quite possible that the the new Honda starter. Um, was more responsive to the voltage it was getting, or you know, it was conducting better through the the starter, the relay. Um, but they do have problems with the switches. Oh, okay. Oh, and one more question: Is this is this Dan Naw? It is. Oh, Dan. Hey, I just want to give you a shout out. I'm just really sorry to hear, to hear about Rod. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Okay. All right. All right. You guys have a good day. See you All later. Right. Thank you. All right. 360-676-KGMI. That's 676-5464. You are in the shop with Brian from Dr. John's Auto Clinic, Dan from Bellingham Automotive. We're going to talk a little bit about car donating and a uh, a donation that the auto guys did uh, in partnership with KISM recently. And uh, we also had a question about donating cars and a little bit of advice for you there. We'll be right back. It's time for your annual checkup. Get into Bellingham Automotive today for their signature bumper-to-bumper inspection service. Why do you need a bumper-to-bumper inspection? Because being proactive about the maintenance of your car will save you time, money, and hassles. It doesn't matter how old or new your car is. It's important to ensure that your car is in optimal operational condition. So Bellingham Automotive put together a 99-point checklist. This signature bumper-to-bumper service inspection includes inspection of steering and suspension components, brakes, all fluids, transmission condition, battery inspection, tire pressure inspection, and more. It even includes a lube, oil change, and filter service. No one wants to be stuck on the side of the road when it's cold and wet because of an engine failure. Be sure to schedule your signature bumper-to-bumper inspection today. You can call or schedule online. Find Bellingham Automotive online at bellinghamautomotive.com. That's Bellingham Automotive, delivering exceptional automotive service for over 25 years. Honey, look what I brought home. Not a cat. You know I'm allergic. Well, you know what they say. When the cat's away, the mice will play. (laughs) Why didn't you just call Biobug? Have you had enough of playing cat and mouse? Biobug Pest Management is here to help. Whether you have rats or mice in your business, residence, or commercial building, Biobug is committed to providing a solution that's right for you. To learn more and get your free quote, visit Biobug.com. Biobug Pest Management. Service you trust, experience you expect. If you've been seriously injured in a collision, you need someone who will advocate for you. At Bill Coates Law, they care about your case, they care about you, and they'll stand with you to get a fair settlement. After a reckless driver injured me, I didn't want to take on the insurance companies alone, but I was also worried about paying for a lawyer. I was glad when Bill Coates told me he could represent me on a contingency fee basis. That means he only gets paid after he wins my case. I was very comfortable talking to Bill, and I was glad to have him and his team looking out for me. Bill Coates has helped good people who've been badly hurt recover full and fair compensation. You only pay attorney's fees when they win your case, and there is never any charge to meet to discuss your case in person. 
Bill Coates Law, helping good people who've been badly hurt for full and fair compensation. In Bellingham, serving Whatcom Island and Skagit counties and online at BillCoatsLaw.com. latest local news and important topics of the day from the West Mechanical Studio. Don't worry about your furnace on the coldest days of the year. Talk with West Mechanical, your independent train dealer, about replacing your old inefficient furnace with a train comfort system. Today, find them at westmechanical.net. Get the latest news and information 24-7 with KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com. CBS News Brief. It took 15 tries, but Kevin McCarthy has become the new Speaker of the House. If there's one thing I want the country to hopefully learn about me this week is that I will never give up. That means I'll never give up for you, that we will continue to fight for you to make sure we follow through on the commitment to America. McCarthy was able to prevail after giving many concessions to opponents within his own party. Mother Nature is giving up nothing in California. Another foot of rain on the way around San Francisco Bay right through Tuesday. We've got flood watches already in place for much of California. Kelly Cass at the Weather Channel. The FDA has green-lighted a second new drug to treat Alzheimer's. Clinical trials suggest Lecanby could slow cognitive decline by 27% over more than a year of frequent infusions. But like the first drug in this class, Aduhelm, which was cleared last year, some doctors had called for more studies. CBS's Alexander Tin. CBS News Brief. I'm Linda Kenyon. Welcome back. You are in the shop. Brian from Dr. John's Auto Clinic. Dan from Bellingham Automotive. 676-KGMI. We'd love to hear from you. Keep the calls coming. And, uh, you know, a project finally came together, what, uh, yesterday, Dan? Yeah, all came together yesterday. So what, uh, what we've tried to make an annual thing with uh, all the in-the-shop guys is uh, putting together a vehicle um, to donate to veterans. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of just a, a little bit of a give back, something that, that we can do that's industry-related. And, and we've put together some pretty good projects over the year. This year, a 2008 Eight. Subaru mm-hmm. Legacy Outback. Yep. Um, turned out to be a pretty nice car and yesterday was the day. Yesterday was the day and we gave it away to Rick Burns. Yeah. It's a, it's a essay that's written into the Brad and John show on KISM. And, uh, then Dan Johnson sorts through the essays and finds the, the one and it, yeah, all came together pretty good actually. Yeah. So we had a number of people involved. I had guys that worked on uh, installing a catalytic converter, the converter donated by Dewey Griffin. Yeah. And uh, then Bellingham Auto Parts donated all the the timing belt components, water pump, brakes, brake parts, um, all kinds of things, put a rear wheel bearing in it. And then it kind of traveled on from from us over to Kirk at Angler and Steve at the Panacea and then back to your place to get wrapped up. And then uh, we had a couple outside people. We had Ari from Final Touch clean that car right up. It was... uh, Definitely needed a detail, and then uh, kind of, I was just telling you, it ended at Les Schwab on James, and Mike fixed the tire pressure lights. Kind of a, that a, a last, a last minute it warning was a light. last ditch effort. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it, uh, it should turn out to be a very nice car. Yeah, so we're, we're happy to do that, and, and a lot of people involved. So a little bit of work from a lot of people makes a, yeah. a really cool deal. And I don't know about your guys, but I, it's, it's fun to watch your team jump on those. I mean, we're you're busy we're busy there's no time during the day they're scrambling to get our customers out the door 
And then as owners, you would throw a veteran <laughs> vehicle in the mix, and I got guys stay late. They, I know. I had to pull the reins back. I'm saying, no, no, stop. You got to yeah. leave something for the other guys to do. It's crazy. Yeah, they just want to do it. I've had guys come in for that project on the weekends. Um, yeah, it's just it's fun. It's fun to do. So happy to do that. And, uh, you know, as, as time goes by, we always kind of end up running a little bit late on pulling things together. We do. We're not procrastinators. It's just timing on getting the car and everything ends up getting kind of tough coordination. Um, But, uh, you know, if it's something that in the future you've got a a nice looking car that needs some TLC mechanical cleanup and otherwise, um, you can get in in touch with one of the auto guys as the year progresses on. This is not like a tax deductible donation or something like that. This is more a a goodwill kind of thing. But if, if you have a... A, a prospect for something mm-hmm. that, that we can put together next year, get in touch with one of us, and we will we should probably try to make that call out a few times during the year to get something put right. together a little bit sooner so we can have it completed by Veterans Day. Yeah, that was always the goal. It just doesn't <laughs> seem to – your guys is snow-clobbered at this time. Yeah. It would have been earlier. But, uh, yeah, and if you want to see that car, you can go to Facebook and look at the Brad and John page. Yeah, it's pretty good photos and a little write-up on it. Mm-hmm. So, yes. so we had a question about donating a vehicle during the break here. And, uh, yeah, we got time to kind of cover that. And it's a question we get from our customers mm-hmm. on cars over time. And and a lot of times people see these commercials on TV, sometimes ads on the radio, um, on donate your car to various companies yep. um, to get a, a, a tax-deductible donation. And one thing you want to keep in mind with that is talk to your accountant and, yeah. and find out how that works out for you. For for a lot of people on the, the tax deduction for doing that, depending on how you do your taxes, may or may not even help you. Um, right. So keep that in mind. And then think about, you know, what where the money's going and what kind of condition this car is in. I mean, if it's a if it's a beat-up old car that, that is worthless, doesn't drive or whatever, you know, you can donate it. These car donation companies, they yep. don't give these cars to people. They don't fix these cars and give them to people. Those cars themselves are not going to help anyone or do any good. That car is going to get donated. It's going to go on a flatbed vehicle. It's going to get towed away. It's going to go to auction. They're going to sell it at auction, and they're going to get some cash. They're going to pay all their expenses, and if there's anything left over, it's going to go to the charitable division of that company after it pays the administrative fees, overhead, CEO, advertising (laughs) costs, and everything else. And hopefully the money in the end is going to do some good. (laughs) Wow. <laughs> now, now, not to be negative. <laughs> not to be negative or your, anything. Your old beat-up car that doesn't run isn't going to net much good. It's just going to get eaten up in handling and processing costs. Right. If, if that car runs and drives and is worth some money and you right. want to do some good with the money, throw that thing on Facebook Marketplace. Get as much as you can. Tell the people buying it you're going to donate the money, however you want to handle it, and then find your favorite local charity. And just give them the the money directly. And that money is going to do a lot more good that way. And there's actually going to be some money left over that way to do some good. And you know it's going to go locally to the organization you want it to go to. Good point. And and so I definitely keep that in mind. I've had a number of customers call the charities and donate their broken car to. Mm -hmm. Um, I just really don't feel that money ends up doing anything good. Right. Um, a lot of charities, especially national charities, you need to be aware of. They're they pad they careful, pad they careful. pad they pad the wrong pockets, and I I think research will indicate that's mostly true. <laughs> yes, um, lots of great charities locally. There is, there is. 
I had something I wanted to talk about. We were kind of looking at topics this morning. I know we have a few, but I kind of wanted to talk about a little bit of the do-it-yourselfers that we're seeing in the shop, which is great. I mean, in some cases on a the, – the reason I bring this up is because I'm going to be one of those people this afternoon. But you – you know, this this last week or so, I've seen quite a few cars come in that somebody had done stuff themselves. And I and I think there's a time and a place for it. I think there's, uh, you know, earlier I think it was Mark that called about the starter. I mean, in some cars, yeah, that's a easy job. It's when it's a Toyota Tundra or something that comes in that the starter is in the intake that I think. I'm worried when people tackle it. Yeah, it's a four to five hour starter replacement, and bolting in the starter is pretty easy. Getting to the starter is not fun. So, and and what we've seen in the last couple weeks, I mean, I've had some that have come in that the person did all the repairs right, and they still had a problem, which kind of what Mark was describing. But uh, I guess know your boundaries. I'm going to find mine this afternoon. I uh, (laughs) need to go do a little plumbing at my mom's house, and... uh, the sad part is I have a neighbor that's a plumber, J-Mac Plumbing, so Eli could have easily done this, but I'm going to run over and take a look at her plumbing and see if it's something I feel like tackling. But I'm going to tell you what, if I look at it and go, no, I mean, I'm going to call a professional so it doesn't cost her a little bit more later. You know, I, it, it's taken many decades. And I'm, I'm learning, I'm, start, I'm, start, I'm starting to learn is when you know you shouldn't do it, don't. Yeah, that's right. Don't. I think I've kind of given Eli the heads up. <laughs> I need to call him, but I, 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 we'll I, see. I am getting better about that as well. I know. It um, used to be I would jump in and try stuff, and yeah, yeah. I, I can it. do. I can do anything. Yep, I'm sure you can. Do yeah. you want to? And should you? That's the question you should be asking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and maybe I'll be calling this afternoon. So, Eli, keep your phone on. Yeah, and maybe a couple. Of, <laughs> I, I I gotta do do it yourself story or two that uh, you know could add to that that are car related as well. So. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we're gonna take a little break. Three six zero six seven six KGMI. You are in the shop with Brian from Doctor John's Auto Clinic. Dan from Bellingham Automotive. When I think about my grandparents, it takes me back to warm memories of meals shared around their dining room table and laughter exchanged around their fireplace. Hi, I'm Brad Barron, CEO and fourth-generation Barron at Barron Heating, AC, Electrical, and Plumbing. Over 50 years ago, my grandfather installed Barron's first fireplace in one of Whatcom County's newest developments, Sudden Valley. Grandpa Dan took great pride in his craftsmanship, ensuring that every fireplace or stove he installed was truly the heart of his customer's home. Today, Barron can continues this tradition by providing beautifully crafted hearth products through its Firelight by Baron division. Featuring America's best-known brands of stoves, fireplaces, and inserts, a Baron Firelight expert can help you build your perfect flame. Visit a Baron showroom today and browse our endless options tailored to your style and budget. Plus, save up to $300 with year-end specials good through January 31st. Let us set the stage for you to create memories that lasts for generations. Firelight by Baron, a tradition of warmth and beauty since 1972. Our mission, improving lives. What the... The hardwood, the carpeting, everything's soaked. The pipes must have burst. We better call Swans. If you have water damage, call Swans Clean Care and Restoration first. They work with all major insurance companies, and their new infrared thermal imaging technology enables them to detect hidden problems before they cause more damage. Swans is the water damage experts. They even offer ceiling drying for roof leaks. So call Swans today or visit them online at swanscarpetcleaning.com. 
Business owners, you have job openings? We have HireMeWa.com. HireMeWa.com is Cascade Radio Group's hyper-local job board. It's free and easy to use. Upload your available job listings today. Job seekers can post resumes, too. HireMeWa.com is available 24 hours a day. Check back frequently. New job listings added regularly. HireMeWa.com. Business owners, post your job openings for free right now at HireMeWa.com. That's HireMeWa.com. HireMeWa.com is a service of Cascade Radio Group and this station. Welcome back. You are in the shop. Brian from Dr. John's Auto Clinic. Dan from Bellingham Automotive, 360-676-KGMI. Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, we've got Mike on the line here. What can we do for you, Mike? Well, I just have a curiosity question. And that is, uh, I've been driving a Honda Accord and a uh, Toyota Avalon and other Japanese cars for a number of years. And when uh, I push the button for the heater, the uh, AC always comes on with it. So I'm just curious why the AC comes on with when you uh, depress the heater button. So which vehicle is it? Well, it's a Toyota Avalon. Okay. Yeah. So I, you know, I can't speak to the logic on all of the vehicles and all the controls. I can say that a Toyota we had in the shop and my Honda Pilot, if I have my vehicle in the defrost, defrost. Mm-hmm. or blended like defrost foot mode, it will turn on the air conditioning with it, and and that's a, a function to to provide secondary benefits to air conditioning, which is dehumidifying. So when you turn the defrost on to help keep the water buildup condensation off the window, or if you got a vehicle full of kids <laughs> with a lot of hot air in the vehicle, oh, um, yeah. just to keep that condensation down because the secondary effect of the air conditioning is condensation that builds up on the on the evaporator core, and then that water drained ideally when it's working functionally drains out of the system, so it just pulls moisture out of the air. Well, that's totally understandable where uh, the defrost mode is involved, mm-hmm. but just strictly the heater. In the Honda Accord that I drove for years, the AC always would come on when, when the heater button was depressed. Yeah, and that, and, and, and that I can't say. You know, if both of them are doing it, it may be that it's on a, a recirculate mode and it comes on when the when it's recirculating versus pulling fresh air in. Um, or there's a problem with it. Um, or it's but, the – I mean, you've seen so many of these things where the light – you would think the light on means it's on, but some of them the light off means the, it's on. Yeah, So, I mean, the light being lit up might not mean it's on. Okay, well, it's always been a mystery to me. Yeah. <laughs> the Suburban wasn't like that, was it, Mike? <laughs> no, that was uh, stand, standard fare. That's right. Good morning, Dan. Good morning. Uh, how are you doing these days? You driving back and forth to uh, nope. Burlington, of course? Nope, I'm home-based in Bellingham now. Oh, you are? Yep. Well, good for you. <laughs> good. Always good to hear from you, Mike. Well, I uh, really appreciate what you folks do, and uh, on Saturday mornings when it's available, when I have the time, I uh, listen to you folks, uh, have been listening for quite a number of years, so yeah. really appreciate 
what you folks do. Great service to the community. We appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. Thank you, Mike. Welcome. Take care. You too. Bye. Yeah, I want to. I want to talk a little bit about the the do it yourself thing that you were yeah yeah about Dan and uh, you know this is something that that we see a lot at Christmas time are people installing accessories on their vehicles yeah you know those those little uh, you know the LED add on lights that are super popular on cars mm-hmm. um, Jeeps and other vehicles they got the big bar lights the little square fog lights and and various other accessories people install in their cars and. You know, they, they tend to get shipped as here's this light with, you know, instructions written in some other language yep. that uses English <laughs> letters. Um, and then they'll buy an installation kit, you know, with a switch and wiring and other stuff. Mm-hmm. And and wiring seems pretty simple. It's 12 volts. There's positive and negative, it's red and black. It's all easy. It's, it's pretty easy. straightforward. And, you know, you tend to, to want to do a few things when you install that. And uh, one of them is pay attention to wire size and and the watts of the light, the current draw, how many amps it uses, and what size wire you should be using for it. Does it require a resistor? Does it require a resistor? Um, and if you're you're wiring in switches for your fancy fog lights, you got like six extra lights to bolt onto your car to you know shine back, shine forward, and everything else. And uh, and people buy the switch and wires and everything, and they'll they'll leave out. It's in the instructions. And it's easy to just skip it because you got to go down to Napa and buy that fuse holder. Doesn't come with it. And that fuse. And and then where do you put that fuse? Well, just kind of a public service announcement. If you're going to install those kind of accessories, you put the fuse as close to the battery as you can. Mm -hmm. And you make sure the fuse and the wires are big enough to hold the current that's going to be flowing through it. Um, One of my uh, kids' friends co-workers recently um, had installed one of the nice big bar lights. I don't know what they are, 200 watts, 250 watts, which yep. you're talking 15, 20 amps, 25 amps, which is a fair bit of, mm-hmm. a fair bit of amperage. And you want to make sure there's a fuse <laughs> at the battery. <laughs> Where's this going? <laughs> and if you put a fuse in there, if you're talking 250 watts, that's like 20 amps. Well, now you need to be using like uh, 12 gauge, you know, or even 10 gauge wire to carry that kind of current depending on the distance. And if you use the right fuse but too small of a wire, that wire eventually gets hot. And then eventually it lets the smoke out. Yeah. And then any wires that are next to it get the smoke let out of them as well. <laughs> and eventually, if it's bad enough, you end up with a burned wiring harness in your nice Jeep. And those are cheap. Yeah. Yeah. And readily what? available. Yeah, exactly. Um, made, so Made in Ukraine. So if you haven't installed your aftermarket lights or accessories or add-ons or whatever you're doing in your car, make sure that when you go into wire it, you're doing it correctly. Right size fuse, right size wire. Um, it is pretty straightforward. It's not that difficult. If you can install it, you can put in the right fuse and the right size wire. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely pay attention to it. Yep. I think we've all seen that. Yeah. Um, nothing worse than burned up wiring in a car, especially if you're driving it. No. You're right. Um, We're going to take another quick break here, then another phone call or two, 360-676-KGMI. Brian from Dr. John's Auto Clinic, Dan from Bellingham Automotive. If you're a business owner, property manager, or developer, Columbia Fire is your true one-stop shop for fire sprinkler installation, testing, and repairs. Hi, I'm Marty Boonstra from Columbia Fire, and we've protected property and lives in our great state for over 35 years. You name it, we've done it. Schools, office buildings, industrial, even residential. And if it's urgent, Columbia Fire can schedule you right away. For fire sprinkler installation, testing, and repair, go to ColumbiaFire.net. That's ColumbiaFire.net. 
for quality done right, call Honkoop Gravel. They use state-of-the-art technology to get your job done in a timely, accurate, and economical way. For projects as small as refreshing the driveway and as large as a multi-million dollar builder-ready plat development. Their services include multi-unit site preparation, fire line installation, drainage systems, house foundations, and more. They'll do custom projects too, turning your dream idea into a reality. If you need site work, you need the team at Honkoop Gravel in Linden or at honkoop.com. A real grocery store in Sumas? Yep. At the new Sumas Market, you'll find everything you're looking for and more. Fresh produce, a well-stocked meat department, a huge dairy section, and a great selection of competitively priced beer, wine, and spirits. Like the Sumas Market on Facebook or check out their website at sumasmarket.com for weekly specials. The Sumas Market is open seven days a week from 8 to 7 p.m. The new Sumas Market, your community grocery store, and so much more. We don't have the usual traffic jams that they have in the big city, but sometimes things happen to snarl everything up. Depend on KGMI to keep you cruising to your destination with KGMI traffic alerts. We'll tell you where the trouble spots are. And if you see problems on the road, give us a call at 360-676-5464 so we can spread the word. KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM, and KGMI.com. Welcome back. You are in the shop. Brian from Dr. John's Auto Clinic. Dan from Bellingham Automotive. 360-676-KGMI. We got time for another call or two, so bring them on. And uh, yeah, maybe a quick one with, with Fred calling back here. Fred. Yeah, thank you. Hey, I have to comment on that ignition switch. You guys hit the, ha- the nail on the head on that. I went through the very same thing with my Impala, and uh, indeed it was the ignition switch. But it is expensive, and uh, it's a two-unit thing. You have the tumblers, which uh, cost $250 for the parts for that. And then you have the ignition switch on the back side of that, which is another $250. And then you have a security alarm that has to be programmed by people that know how to do it, you guys. And that's another $100. Mm-hmm. So I spent almost $700 to have that ignition switch replaced, and it was the problem. I had no more again. But uh, uh, I just wanted to reassure you, your program is, you know, you're right on line with us out out here. And <laughs> thank you again for that, okay? Great. We appreciate the call. Thank you very much. Thanks, Fred. Yeah, I go back years ago. I used to challenge uh, John Beebe from yeah? Bellingham Automotive to solve. I guaranteed he would solve their problems in 30 yeah. seconds or less. <laughs> He can still do it. <laughs> yeah, it looks like we've got uh, Tim on the line here. Tim, what can we do for you? Oh, not much, but on the do-it-yourself stuff, mm-hmm. I got I got to tell you guys, you know, if you know exactly what part you need and you're 100% dead certain of it, you can go to O'Reilly's or AutoZone or whatever. Or Bellingham Auto Parts or local yeah. Napa store. No, Tim, so, uh, if, I don't disagree you, at all. If you don't know what part you're quite sure of, <laughs> yep, you got to go to Napa. <laughs> yeah, they have always treated me so good and said, "No, you don't need that," or "No, they steered you the wrong way." Yep. So for do-it-yourselfers, 
I'm a big Napa guy, I got to tell you. And I do go to AutoZone and O'Reilly's if, sure. if I need the oil or whatever. But Napa has treated me good. Yeah, absolutely. I'd agree with that. We buy parts from 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 basically everybody who sells auto parts in town. We buy parts from the dealers. We have uh, suppliers out of Seattle. We have Seattle Automotive, who has a warehouse in Bellingham. <laughs> and, and, and they all treat us really well. But, but I can say the consistency over the years out of all those suppliers, including almost all the dealers these days, Bellingham Auto Parts with, with Daryl Robertson and the whole crew down there, um, for over 30 years of his ownership, they've been solid and always taken care of us. And, yeah, uh, and there have been ownership changes, name changes, and, and so many differences in, in all of the other companies. And, mm-hmm. and when it comes to, to our local Napa store, which is independently owned, um, have always been solid, including yep. everybody that works there. Yeah. But just their advice is good, is what I'm saying. If you're not <laughs> sure of what you're doing or, or you have a problem, I mean, they've steered me on the right path when I've got steered down the wrong path from other stores. So, yeah. mm-hmm. and, and I don't mind, I don't mind, I don't mind uh, getting parts if I know that's what I need, like I say, from, from somebody else. Right. Yeah. Nope. That's a good shout yeah, out to thank, them. They're, they're, thank you they're for the great. Call, Tim. We appreciate it. Yep. All right. Thank Bye. you. You know, we're, we're getting short on time, but the, the do it yourself thing and, and with the uh, issue with the, the Honda not starting, replacing the starter in it, finally having to take it with the shop, then paying more for the, the, the Honda rebuilt starter. Mm-hmm. And the number of times that we've had customers come in and, and they had an issue, it seemed straightforward. They had somebody at parts store check codes in it. So mm-hmm. they replaced an oxygen sensor and an airflow sensor and a coolant temp sensor and and suddenly when all your sensors are bad, maybe there's an issue with the power supply getting to your sensors. Right. And it turns out that there's a, a mouse chewed through a wire and fixing the wire and diagnosing it was a couple hundred dollars. But you've got fifteen hundred dollars in sensors and driving all over town and all the time replacing everything that the actual solution was far less expensive than trying to fix it yourself. Yep. Is uh, knowing your limits and be careful. Um, just relying on codes or relying on a symptom to start throwing parts at a vehicle. In almost all cases, when I have a customer that comes in and says, "I have this problem. I've been trying to solve it. I did all of these things," it would have been less expensive and and more effective with their time just to pay somebody to diagnose it and repair it. Yeah. So so you know my history. I worked at a parts store for years, fourteen years, and. One of the shops, I, I became an outside salesman, and I I don't remember what shop it was, but I stopped in all your guys' shops. Yep. And one of the shops had a, a bucket, and it was full of sensors, parts. It might have been you guys. I don't remember. Sensors and parts, and then there's a second bucket next to it. And the first one, full, was somebody throwing parts at it, you know, trying to figure it out themselves. And the second one showed the diagnostic time, which was, I think back then, probably 150 bucks and one part. And it, and it, that has always stuck with me. I, I mean, I used to be, like you said, do-it-yourselfer when I was a kid, throw stuff at it. Um, but, yeah, sometimes on this new, newer stuff or stuff I don't understand, it's amazing what it really takes to fix it. Well, thanks for listening. And uh, I always refer to that as the cost of an education. That's right. (laughs) You've been in the shop. Brian from Dr. John's Auto Clinic. Dan from Bellingham Automotive. Have a happy new year, and we'll see you next week.